Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. It is Tuesday, October 1st, and we're so glad that you're here with us today. My name is Amy Johnson, your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined every week by my wonderful co-host, the one and only founder and editor-in-chief here at our Rocket Sports Media organization, Mr. Rick Stevens. And Rick, hashtag is it October yet? October 1st would uh, say that it is October, and uh, <laughs> with the NHL regular season uh, just a couple of days away, I think we can say yes to that, too. It's October, and uh, hockey starts to count this week. Finally. Finally. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I've had enough of pre preseason was fun, but I'm I'm kind of done with preseason. Ready for the points to start adding up. Uh, and given and, what what we saw, uh, I think some of the players are are uh, done with preseason as well. Particularly those that uh, were saddled with having to play more than two games. Um, oh yeah, some teams had to play uh, much more than that. Absolutely. Um, and so we're going to actually talk a little bit about that here um, today. Of course, we've got lots to cover in our first segment uh, where we break down uh, all the latest happenings with uh, the Laval Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and a little bit about the Canadians and Flyers since uh, there's still some prospect news happening there. Uh, we're going to, of course, talk about how training camps for, for all organizations have, have been wrapping up and final roster cuts both at the NHL and the AHL level, um, some, some notable moves being made for, for each organization. And so we're going to talk about those as well as just uh, talk in general about how preseason looked um, both for the Rocket and for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, and there was actually a new contract. We're already, we're already counting the new contracts. We've got a new contract that just got signed today for Laval, so we're going to talk about that. In the second segment, we go around the AHL where we discuss uh, every, you hear people talk about the veteran rule in the AHL. And so before this season kicks off and particularly because it, this always ends up being a question that fans have throughout the year, uh, we're going to talk just a bit about the veteran rules and what that means. Um, and then we're going to of course, touch on the AHL's newest team that is officially officially coming our way in a couple of years and a new partnership that the AHL announced today as well before the third and final segment of the show where we go um, beyond the AHL and we talk about what our live coverage looks like this week. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got some more live coverage coming for you, of course, as we do every week. And so we'll talk about all the ways that you can find all the content that you're looking for regarding the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, the Laval Rocket, a little bit of Habs, a little bit of Flyers. Uh, we've got it all for you here at From the Press Box and the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. And, Rick, it's going to be a jam-packed show today. So we might as well get underway. We should. Uh, we given should. that uh, I, I know we talk about national days and, and those kinds of things, uh, and we don't mean to go back a day, but yesterday was National Podcast Day, so... What a better way to celebrate National Podcast Day than having a podcast. Well, and can you really beat 
this podcast for AHL coverage? No, you can't. So we're so glad that you're here. Uh, and tell your friends. Tell your friends. If, you're, if, if you've got friends that like the AHL, like hearing about prospects, like hearing about potential draftees, this is the place to be. And so uh, recommend us to all of your friends as well. Um, so, Rick, let's start with, uh, well, let's see, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Let's, let's start with our, our friends to the north, the Montreal Canadiens and the Laval Rocket, um, both wrapping up their training camps. Um, and I get, let's start with the most recent news first, I guess, and that is the fact that uh, the, the Canadians needed to get to that 23-man roster as of 5 o'clock today. Uh, and there was a lot of speculation. Who was it going to be? Who was going to get cut? Was it going to be one of the young guys? Were they going to go with 8D? Is he, you know, who is it going to be? And we now have an answer, don't we? We do. Uh, on the weekend, uh, there was, uh, uh, it was announced that uh, Charlie Lindgren was being sent down um, uh, after he passed through waivers and uh, the same with uh, Charles Soudan. Um, and they both cleared waivers. They're both um, members of uh, the Laval Rocket currently, and as you said, that left one more. Um, and there was um, legitimate speculation uh, mm-hmm. about who that m- might be, uh, but unfortunately, the odd person out is Ryan Paling, and, um, you know, um, came as a surprise to to some people because there Ryan Paling did everything he could to earn a spot um, on, on the roster. Um, and it, 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 it kind of flies in the face of, of what uh, Mark Bergevin had indicated. Um, uh, Mark Bergevin said that, that he wasn't active on the free agent market uh, because he was keeping space open for young players who earned mm-hmm. it. Uh, Paling certainly earned it whether you look at the, the two games he played in the rookie tournament or the two games he played four games total in the preseason. Um, he, he, he did everything he could um, uh, to earn it. Um, and the other part was that Bergevin said that, that the performance of the young players would uh, make his decisions for him. Um, and uh, certainly Paling earned a spot with his play. And uh, unfortunately it was um other things that uh, uh, made Bergevin's decision for him uh, not the pl- not the play and not not what had it didn't turn out as as uh, as promised. Well, and that also does mean that Nick Suzuki and Kale Fleury do crack the NHL roster to start uh, to start the season. Um, and Rick, you know, particularly with with Kale Fleury. Um, you know, as I mentioned, it was will, will Bergevin keep uh, eight defensemen up? And and we've we've talked, and I know you and Joseph Whalen talked about this on the Canadians Connection once or twice in the last couple of weeks about how you know question marks uh, is he really going to keep Christian Follen and or Mike Riley around who haven't done much of anything in the preseason uh, really wouldn't be much of a loss if you expose them to waivers and got picked up, and that's a stretch for if they would get picked up. Um, and if that had happened, that would have left r- room open on the roster for one Ryan Paling uh, to, to stay up with the Habs. Um, sure, yes, uh, the concussion 
took him out of the lineup uh, and out of the limelight for a little while. But as you say, uh, he certainly showed what he could do uh, in the, in the couple of games that he played and in the rookie tournament, as you mentioned, not to mention, I mean, if that last game of the season last year, wasn't some sort of spectacular tryout, I don't know what is. So a <laughs> um, little disappointed for Ryan Paling. Well, it's, it's, it's always, um, you know, and, and, and uh, we take a lot of flack both, you know, with respect to the podcast or on social media, Mm-hmm. Um, when, when Bergevin is constantly signing these, uh, fringe players and, and, and a mountain of these fringe players and you hear on Twitter, um, you know, why not? We, we've run polls and, and said, uh, do you think this, but why not is the response. There's, what, there's, yeah. there's, there's no risk. This is a, what um, harm can it know, do? Well, that's the thing. What's the harm? What's the harm? Well, this is the harm. And we've talked about it that uh, these are the players. There are a limited number of contract spots. um, And uh, even if you have space on the cap, it takes that contract space uh, uh, away. And that contract space could be used for a player who uh, deserves it. Um, Certainly um, uh, Nick Suzuki uh, he mm-hmm. had kind of a slow start, uh, not very visible during the, the rookie camp, uh, uh, the rookie tournament. He started slow in the main camp, but he came on and answered every question after that and, and fully deserved it. Um, Kale Fleury simply out, outperformed two-thirds of the defensemen in camp, um, yeah. I- including some, some veterans, um, and, and is perhaps the surprise of the camp and fully deserves to be there. Ryan Paling, out of the three of them, is the most most NHL ready. Looks the most NHL ready and re- and ready to play at um, you know anywhere in the lineup, just about. Um, and and um, worked exceptionally hard in the off season to uh, to earn a, a spot. And and yeah, the, it's here's the harm. Here's the harm with with uh, you know. Uh, it was hinted at that that uh, Bergevin wasn't comfortable losing uh, a defenseman on waivers uh, that he had um, uh, signed, and perhaps that's more of an ego thing than anything else. Because uh, Mike Riley in in uh, the preseason looked terrible, and mm-hmm. you know who cares if he he was uh, picked up on waivers? It would have been doing the Canadians a favor, especially given that he was signed for two years. Um, he, he, he never should have been signed in the first place. Folan, there's a little bit, he was dreadful as well in the, in the preseason. Uh, at least maybe there's a more of a role given his physical nature, but, uh, or, or that could be explained that way. But with the additions of Sherratt who brings a physical game and, and uh, Flurry himself uh, was, was, um, you know, very physical in the, in the preseason. Um, I, I think there's less and less a need for a, a player like uh, Fallen, um as well. Well, and and Carl Alsner looked better than both of those two uh, in that last preseason game Put that he together. played in. Yeah, absolutely. Skated circles around the two of them, um, and and you're paying the guy millions of dollars 
whether he plays in the NHL or the AHL, one would think that if he's shown signs of, of some sort of spark of life, energy, you know, things that are, that are positive out of his game, you'd rather be paying him that money to play NHL minutes and, and not down in Laval. But what do I know? Well, it's interesting <laughs> when, you, when you add up the million-plus uh, contracts, uh, now it's not only – um, Alsner, but um, Weiss, um, Weiss, Pekka, yeah. who's, who's contra- Pekka's contract's ridiculous, and we said mm-hmm. so at the time. Um, yeah, and they and they they all find themselves with the rocket right now. And isn't that echoes of what you and I have consistently said for years, and over and over and over again this summer and last summer? Um, Regarding Laval's roster is that all of those guys that are making all of that big money on NHL contracts who are, whether they're bad contracts that were signed, whether they're fringe players who were, who were re-signed, they've all ended up in Laval now. And it means that they displace prospects on the ice. That's part of the reason why we're going to get into that whole veteran rule in the second segment so that people understand what that is in the AHL, but um, you know there was already a logjam in Laval, and getting this glut of guys sent down from the NHL that n- half of them didn't need to be re-signed this summer um, really just doesn't doesn't look well. It, it, in fact, it, and it goes it goes farther than the skaters, uh, as you know. Um, you know. N- no, no outlet and podcast or, or uh, media members were more vocal about it being a mistake to re-sign Antiniemi last summer and it being a mistake to sign Keith Kincaid this summer than, than you and I in this podcast. Um, and they did. And everything, the, the dominoes that have fallen since that signing have gone the way that we unfortunately predicted that it would and not in a good direction when you're talking about developing your young goaltending prospects. Um, As you mentioned, Charlie Lindgren exposed to waivers, um, cleared waivers, uh, and is now assigned to Laval where you already had Michael McNiven, Caden Primo, and Connor LaCouve. And so today Laval sends Connor LaCouve to the Maine Mariners and Michael McNiven is the one who, uh, you know, ends up also having to go to the ECHL and start his season down in the ECHL. And depending on how Lindgren and Primo do as a tandem, depending on how healthy they stay, depending on how healthy Price and Kincaid stay, uh, who knows how long he'll uh, be stuck in the ECHL. So it's really a trickle-down effect, Um and it's one that we've, you and I have been harping on for months and years that should be avoided. Two things with respect to uh, the goaltending and uh, Lindgren going down and, and uh, cleared waivers. And first thing you're going to hear is, oh, well, he wasn't good enough for anyone to pick him up. Not true. Mm-mm. Not true. Um, I we know some organizations and wh- how they feel about Charlie Lindgren mm-hmm. uh, and would love to have them have him in their organization. Problem is at this time of year, rosters are full um, for, for most every team. And 
it's it's um it's hard to pick someone up it's they're they're struggling to to fit the guys they have um never mind pick uh, somebody else up and and so it's rare we we we've seen all the guys that have passed through waivers and and the odd um claim uh that happens and the other part of it is that that teams don't want to be um uh have to uh claim the, the player and then keep them on the roster for 30 days and, and be boxed in that way. Um, they'd rather in many cases um, just wait for, uh, you know, rather than claim for free, they'll give up a, a draft pick in a few weeks time in, in a month's time in six weeks time um, and uh, bring them on, on their terms uh, when they need, when they have the need, when they have the space uh, and when they aren't boxed in as far as where to put that player on the roster. So mm-hmm. um, that's, that's a bit of a myth. Um, I think that the other part is, is um, yeah. And you mentioned about um, the, the bringing in other, other goaltenders and, and uh, with varying degrees of success, um, the jury's out yet on on whether Kincaid's going to be an upgrade to Niemi. Niemi was dreadful. We said he was going to be dreadful, um, and he was. And and Lindgren should have been up. And that would have started a more natural process. So the transition it, yeah. for Lindgren, uh, and a transition for McNiven. McNiven is a is is uh, we forget. Um, uh, we forget. There's a lot of talk about um, Caden Primo, and there should mm-hmm. be. Caden yes. Primo was was goaltender of the year in the NCAA last year, but who was goaltender of the year in the CHL? Um, a, a mere two years ago, uh, two yeah, two years, twenty eight months ago, it was a- announced. Um, Michael McNiven, OHL goaltender of the year uh, for Owen Sound, and Michael McNiven, CHL goaltender of the year. Um, that's pretty good too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, he had an amazing season with 41 wins, um, nine losses. He he was incredible. Michael McNiven, though, an emotional goaltender, a very emotional goaltender, and we've seen that. And he wants to be the number one goaltender. When Charlie Lindgren was out uh, with an injury, and 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 McNiven knew that the the goal was his, we saw him. Auto, instantly play better. Uh, yes. His confidence was was much different, um, and and uh, that that has been uh, his confidence affected. And, and uh, since uh, he's been put in that you know goalie rotation in Lacouve last year, and uh, all of that was was undermined, and it's affected his confidence, his performance, uh, and his his outlook. Well, and and oddly enough, to to me at least, I, I mean, it's it's a no brainer to look at the the goalie depth chart and see that Connor Lacouve would be at the bottom of that depth chart. He's an ECHL goaltender. Uh, he's now on a, a two way AHL contract with the Laval Rocket. But Lacouve, so for the second of of Laval's back to back preseason games this past weekend, Caden uh, Primo played the full 60 minutes for the first game and McNiven and Lacave were to split the second game 
And Lacuve was the one who was given the net to start the game instead of McNiven, which I, I would think would be the opposite. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if that's, if that's a signal. I don't know if that's an unspoken sign. I don't know if that's a message or I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, the fans really seem to like Lacuve, so we'll throw him in there. I don't know. Um, I do know that our Chris G was in the press box for both of those games and he spoke with McNiven after the game uh, in addition to Joel Bouchard and asked McNiven specifically, uh, you know, how he, how he feels right now, uh, how, uh, how his outlook is and whether or not having the potential of a, at this point it was, it was, um, unknown if Lindgren would clear waivers or not. And so w- what would McNiven's response be if, if there was potentially a three goalie tandem in Laval? Um, and Rick, you mentioned that, that Michael McNiven can be an emotional goaltender and you can hear some of that emotion in his response to Chris. Uh, here's what he said. Um, you know, I just have to go and work hard, whether it's in the gym, on the ice, or in a game. Um, like I said before, when I get my opportunities, I need to make the most of them. And Michael, do you think a three-goalie tandem can work on a, for an entire season? Personally, it's not my thing. I mean, uh, you know, if you're a backup, you only get to see the net so much already. So when you're in practice, if you want to get any better, you, you need the net yourself. So, um, you know, I, I just want to play hockey. I want to have fun this year. I felt the last two years for me has been a struggle uh, from that part of my game. Uh, I was in shape last year, but... Uh, you know, the, the way the season went, it wasn't really fun for the whole group. So I think, uh, you know, just relax a bit more and just have fun playing hockey again. The tone and substance of that response uh, tells me that uh, based off today's news with him getting sent down to the to, to Adirondack in the ECHL, uh, probably not doing too well for him uh, on that emotional level again. Right, Rick? He was, uh, if you know... Um, uh, Michael McNiven, um, you can tell it's pretty obvious that he was having a difficult time keeping it together. Um, mm-hmm. His voice was, was shaky, he, the way he was pausing. We've interviewed him a lot of times, um, and that he, he was having a hard time in that interview. Um, and, and, and not because, um, you know, those were great questions by Chris, reasonable questions, it's just mm-hmm. it 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 hit it it really this whole situation uh is hitting him hard um he you can imagine that he's feeling how did this happen right. how did this happen in such a short period of time um and it's it's not because the canadians the montreal canadians don't have one good goalie coach they have two tremendous goalie coaches they do uh stefan wade is is well known but marco marciano is a tremendous goalie coach and has done amazing things and we've watched uh marco work one-on-one in practice a lot with with uh, uh mcniven and um mm-hmm. and it, it it's you know, Michael's just, he's, as I said, he's got to be wondering what in the world happened? How did I get to this point? And how am I going to uh, Adirondack, um, which is an affiliate, an ECHL affiliate of the New Jersey Devils. I'm not even with my <laughs> own guys. I'm not even no. 
with any, you know, with, with coaching staff that I know and recognize. I'm not, no. this is, this is, uh, he's been, he's been dispatched. He's been, uh, cast off. And, um, and as you said, um, uh, for, for La Cuvée, a career ECHL goaltender, a, a, a goaltender who doesn't have, who is a likable guy, but doesn't have the skill anywhere near Michael McNiven uh, for him to get the start. And, and we know that Joel Bouchard um, is, he, he said he doesn't make goaltending decisions with his head. He makes them with his gut. He, he, uh, uh, he goes with his gut when he's making decisions mm-hmm. uh, of who to start or, or if to pull them. Um, and that's really hard on goaltenders, really, really hard um, when, and, and yes, we know coaches that are, are hard on goaltenders and, and it's clear that, that uh, Bouchard is one of them. Um, and it makes it really tough. Um, you know, when, when you have a real, um, a real t- talent back there, a, 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 a prospect depth uh, on goaltending. It, the, mm-hmm. the question was, what are we going to do with all these uh, really top pros- prospects? Uh, Hayden Hockey included in that, and he was uh, cleared out of the way because there was just too much, too much goaltending depth. Um, That's right. But um, now has have you know uh, Zach Fukali, a second round pick. Yeah. Um, uh, his uh, he wasn't necessarily put in a position to succeed and 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 now the same thing is happening to to Michael McNiven and and um it's it's tough it's really tough Charlie Lindgren um you know uh he was misused last year um played uh when when he had an injury and when he was coming back from an injury um, it's, it's, it's a, it's really hard to see. Um, and, uh, the focus will be on, on, uh, Caden Primo this year. And, and, um, let's just hope that, that, uh, he's, uh, put in a position to succeed and, and, and dealt with fairly. And, and that all three of them, frankly, are, are given the support that they need because all three of them will be dealing with very different, um, challenges as far as the mental game um so here's hoping that that there will be some support for them and some guidance and some good coaching um mcniven will be joined in adirondack by hayden verbeek and um antoine waked uh so there will at least be a couple of familiar faces for a little while um as as we said earlier, uh, there's a glut of guys that got sent down and there's uh, other AHL contracts that got signed over the summer. And so there's just too many uh, guys for Laval. So it meant that Waked and Verbeek um, also uh, sent down to the ECHL as well as Morgan Adams Moisan was sent to Maine. Um, so that's uh, three, three other Gators, in addition to the two goaltenders who were all um, reassigned today. Now, Chris did talk to Bouchard after that game as well uh, regarding the goaltender situation and Michael McNiven in, in particular. And, and here's overall what Bouchard had to say about that. Well, I tell you what, we they all want to play. 
Well, every player here wants to stay, and everybody wants to have their first shot. That's their career. The professional hockey player don't play in beer league, so they they definitely want to have a shot, and they want to, you know, be on the spotlight. So that's I respect that. I was that player that needed to, you know, always fight to keep his job and to stay in pro hockey, and even to move on the ladder. So um, I respect Michael. I mean. He, he, we all know that the coach, the player doesn't need to come and tell management, I want to play. We all know they want to play. They're professional. They train out all summer. I thought he did really good, the, you know, tonight in the game. And there was an improvement last year from the year before. So at one point, you know, everybody's taking care of their own career. I think uh, they're all professional about it. And we try to respect that. Sometimes it gets a bit of a word salad walking around the whole answer without getting to it um, occasionally with Joel Bouchard. And that was, that was kind of one of them. And, and earlier in that interview, uh, Chris, of course asked, what are you going to do when there's four goaltenders here? If Charlie Lindgren clears waivers Um, and uh, Bouchard didn't want to, to speculate at that point, just wanted to wait to see uh, if, if Charlie would in fact uh, be reporting to Laval. So um as we said, Rick, you know, it, we're just hoping that there's some support. As you say, uh, Caden Primo is going to be in the spotlight a lot this season, um, which isn't easy for for a young player, particularly a goaltender. Um, thankfully, uh, he's got a good mentor in, in Charlie Lindgren there to kind of uh, kind of help steady things uh, and and lean on for for advice and so forth as well. But uh, just keeping our fingers crossed for all of them that there's some some positive experiences for for the goaltending core. And that's the difficulty is is um, you know you'd expect that Caden could go to Charlie and say okay what what can I expect and that that's the most difficult thing for goaltenders is what what, what can I expect mm-hmm. and with an unpredictable coach. Who 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 changes in the wind goes from from one one strategy one philosophy to another based on his gut. Um, it's 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 unpredictable. Um, and if if you're hearing uh, Bouchard for the first time, or maybe you just haven't been able to decipher, uh, let us interpret what that response was. And it was. Yes, Michael McNiven came and <laughs> expressed his frustration uh, that that he's he's not going to get to play, and um, um, oh well, uh, they 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 all should be feeling that, and uh, it's good that he has the you know that passion, but I still have to make the decisions. Um, right. That's basically what it what it is, and I, I guess that's the you know. Um, Again, there's there's a couple of things going on there. Wouldn't be so bad if if uh, would still be a blow for some of these players, but wouldn't be so bad if you still got to put on some semblance of that ch. That's ch uh, when um, you're uh, when you're in the AHL as part of the the, the AHL affiliate, uh, the Laval mm-hmm. Rocket is somewhere on that jersey. When That's right. it used to be the Brampton Beast, that CH was on the jersey. Now you're going to to some unaffiliated, and 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 you don't know how long, and you don't know, you know, the, the coach doesn't know you, and has no priority. The, the, the coach's priority uh, in a New Jersey ECHL affiliate is to develop and give ice time to New Jersey players. 
Um, that's, that's the difficulty too, that, that, you know, go down to the miners and you'll get lots of ice time. Don't, you know, that, that's, that's being said now about, about paling. Um, there's no guarantee. There's, there's no Mm -hmm. guarantee, especially as you said, so many, um, uh, veterans with, with Houdon and, and Pekka and Barber and Verone, um, there's, there's, there's so many, we, uh, there's so many, uh, veterans that, um, will you get the, the ice time? And, and, you know, for me, uh, um, and I've, I've talked to scouts who, who say this too, um, for a forward 10 to 12 minutes of NHL action is far more beneficial than 16 to 18 minutes of AHL action. It's just yeah. the play is so different. The, you have to think quicker. You have to, the competition's uh, uh, better. Everybody's better. Everybody sees the ice better. The players are bigger. Uh, people mm-hmm. can, uh, uh, face-offs are, are, are more important. 10 to 12 minutes of playing uh, a fourth line of paling, if that's where he ended up, is far more important than playing first line. 16 to 18 minutes in the AHL by far. Absolutely. But it looks like we are going to see him debut with Laval on uh, Friday night uh, for Laval's home opener of the season. Uh, They will be hosting the Cleveland Monsters uh, Friday night at 7.30 and Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock, so we can expect to see Paling in the lineup. And I know we've we've spent a lot of time talking about the the roster cuts, and we are going to move on to to the Phantoms here in just a moment, but I will say based on the two preseason games that we saw for the Laval Rocket, uh, and yes, they they only played two, uh, both at home, both at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so they they had a pretty easy uh, preseason schedule and uh, they were defeated by the Belleville Senators both games uh, it seemed like deja vu echoes of last season all over again uh, a ton of penalties couldn't stay out of the penalty box uh, lots and lots and lots of shots way out shooting their opponent but no finish everything coming from the perimeter can't find the back of the net um, so Maybe it's just the rust. Maybe it was just preseason. Maybe it was just that there were a lot of guy, ECHL players in the lineup while uh, some of the older guys were, were sitting while they were doing evaluations. I'm going to try to stay optimistic. Uh, Friday and Saturday's games will be a, a good measuring stick uh, to see if anything really has improved. Everyone, I, I mean, my goodness, you would think in Montreal that you might as well start planning the Calder Cup parade uh, now for 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 later on in 2020 um, because it's yet again, Oh, the Laval rocket on paper, they're going to be one of the top teams in the Eastern conference. Absolutely. And well, that was said last year and that wasn't the case. So I'm hoping for good things. There are some, there is some good, uh, you know, Jake Evans uh, had a very good camp with the Canadians. He, he's obvious had a good rookie camp as well. Obviously has, has grown his game. Looking forward to seeing uh, what he can bring to it. We'll see how pa- how long Paling ends up staying down, um, and some new additions like Riley Barber. Uh, we should mention that Kevin Lynch was signed to an AHL contract today. He was on a PTO um, with Laval uh, 
in training camp. He was signed to a one-year, one-way AHL contract. Uh, This will be the first that he has played hockey in a year and a half. Uh, He last played with uh, Syracuse in 2017-18, where he had... uh, in 57 games, 14 goals and 12 assists. But then all of last season, he was out with a number of injuries, um, a few groin surgeries, uh, tore a ligament, had another number of injuries, didn't play at all last year. Uh, so fingers are crossed, hoping hoping that there's some change and hoping just the, the pure talent uh, at some of the levels on, on the Laval Rocket team um, can make things happen for them. Um, Otherwise, it's going to be a long season. Um, it's tough. It's tough because yeah. it looks like that's that's the plan. Uh, rely on on the individual individual talent, which has has been upgraded. But in those two games, we saw a lot, no change in the in the to the to the system um, being taught. There was no structure. There was no puck support. So a lot of individual play. Uh, which led to tons of shots, but um, you know, not enough follow-up, and and uh, and the two losses, and 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 Bouchard after afterwards said uh, that he thought the players were tired. Uh, as you said, it was uh, two games, just two games in the preseason, no travel whatsoever. We we saw another team uh, in the preseason who played four games in five nights. For the preseason, that's right. And, the Wilkes Barre Scrum and Penguins, had yes. to travel, and had to travel. Yes, they uh, did. <laughs> so, so the the being tired is, I, I don't I don't find it uh, very credible. It's a bit of baloney. Well, one thing before we move on now to to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms quickly, um, I did just get notification from the Laval Rocket that tomorrow, Wednesday, October second at noon, uh, the team captain will be unveiled as well as the alternate captains for the Laval Rocket for the 2019-20 season. So the question will be, does Xavier Willette keep his C or is two years in a row of him saying, I don't want to play in Laval uh, or, you know, is it going to be Alex Belzeal or is it going to be somebody else wearing that C? So we will find out at noon tomorrow, Wednesday, October 2nd. My guess is that it will have something to do with selling tickets. And we heard that <laughs> that was a priority. Uh, we heard that that ownership was very embarrassed about the uh, 17% drop in attendance last season in Laval. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit rough on the attendance numbers uh, for two free games in the preseason uh 46-26 and 41-68 that's well below uh the 66-91 uh from their inaugural year last year uh the rocket was 14th in the league in attendance and for a a team that has uh you know attached to the popularity of the the Canadians um and has a 10,000 seat brand new arena uh, that's just in a metropolitan area so, like Montreal. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking mm-hmm. Utica here. Um, no, they should be packing so, that place every night. Yeah, they should. And, and uh, so no wonder uh, there's such a, a, a concern uh, about the attendance in Laval and that everything is being done 
um, both with respect to hockey decisions and, and uh, off, off ice to make sure that they sell a lot of tickets this year. Well, I'm sure Ryan Paling being there on Friday night is going to put some butts in the seats, especially with the Canadians not playing. So uh, folks will be very excited to see young Mr. Paling playing in Laval. Uh, but we will uh, we will have more on that later. We want to switch gears quickly. I know we spent a lot of time there on on Laval uh, and the Hams, but there was a lot to cover there. Um, do want to spend a little bit of time here quickly on the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. They had three preseason games uh, and swept Wilkes-Barre uh, in their first two games. One it was a home and home. One at Wilkes-Barre. One at home. Uh, in Allentown and they won both of those games, but they did drop their last preseason game last night at home against Hershey. Uh, got a shutout. Uh, Vitek Banachek with the Hershey Bears managed to, uh, to get himself a shutout already uh, in the season. And so, um, you know, again, the Flyers are, are really in the spotlight right now. If you've, I mentioned this last week, if you haven't started watching the first two episodes of the behind the glass uh, series that's on the NHL network right now. Um, episodes one and two have come out on the Flyers training camp. It's very, even if you're not a Flyers fan, it's just really insightful to see what goes into training camp and what goes in behind the scenes, the work that's, that's entailed uh, with deciding who the opening night roster is going to be. Um, so the Flyers have been in the spotlight because of that. The Flyers have been in the spotlight because they are part of the global series. Uh, they played in Lausanne uh, yesterday afternoon in Switzerland in a brand new uh, rink over there. And then they'll play uh, in Prague against Chicago to open their season on Friday afternoon. Um, and again, here, uh, you know, some of the young guys, Rick, are are really making a push and it's, Again, you've got uh, the unfortunate situation where due to an injury, one of the favorites is not going to start up with the big club. That's Morgan Frost. He's already been reassigned to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, he he had a bit of a nagging groin injury uh, to start camp and then midway through camp uh, cropped up again. Uh, so he's been sent down to Lehigh Valley uh, Phantoms. But Joel Farabee is still there. He is in Europe. And, and basically they had said, you know, who goes to Europe is pretty much who's going to be there opening night. They have to make some more cuts, but it uh, looks like Joel Farabee may be there. And maybe surprisingly to some, Connor Bunneman and Carson Torinsky are still in the lineup um, as of right now for the Flyers. And Rick, we've seen all of these players play um, and everyone, anyone who has seen Joel Farabee play knows that he can play very good hockey. Anyone who has watched Morgan Frost play knows that he plays pretty darn good hockey. Um, you might not be so familiar with a Connor Bunneman or a Carson Torinsky, but we've been impressed with them uh, since we've, since we started watching them a, a year or more ago. Yeah. Connor Bunneman, um, as you know, I, I kind of keep an eye on the Kitchener Rangers and like Connor Bunneman uh, when he was with uh, Kitchener uh, uh, Torinsky is, is, um, yeah, he's a little bit more unknown, but man, he was good, uh, mm-hmm. last year, uh, uh, for the Phantoms and, uh, has, uh, he, he's just does every, anything, uh, that needs to be done. And, and has got a couple of goals in the preseason for the Flyers and, um, he's looked great, but, um, you know, for all those that say there, there's, uh, you know, uh, no other prospects in the, 
no other team has prospects. The Flyers have some uh, really good prospects. We know that that Hextall uh, was at, at least complimented with drafting well. So to add to that um, core of veterans that the Phantoms have, the, the veterans being TJ Brennan or Greg Carey, uh, also added some some um, uh, veteran AHL players like Andy Andreoff. Uh, and mm-hmm. Curtis Gabriel, who you've seen in, in that behind-the-scenes video. Uh, the rookies that they have, um, Isaac Radcliffe, uh, who was the line mate of Nick Suzuki, and, and they just tore up the, uh, the, AHL, or the OHL last year. Uh, I like Rupsoff, uh, German Rupsoff. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Morgan Frost. There's also Mikhail Vorobiev. Um, mm-hmm. so there's, there's a real nice mix there and it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I think the issue will be, uh, for the, the, the phantoms in goal. Uh, we'll see how that all kind of works out. Uh, Felix. Yeah. Vanstrom they have a log a, jam too. Yeah. He's a promising prospect, but, but again, he's, he's playing, uh, North American hockey for the first time. And, and he, he talked about how very different it is. Um, mm-hmm. especially for a goaltender, uh, more so for a goaltender, um, and a uh, different kind of game, different kind of uh, focus. Uh, you have to play differently. And, and uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see. And the, the Phantoms, um, uh, like Lavelle, missed the playoffs last year, and they're going to want to uh, not repeat that uh, uh, again. Uh, Cal O'Reilly, that was the other name I was trying to think of, yeah. uh, another veteran um, who looked pretty good on uh, the, the power play. The Phantoms power play, at least, at the very least, uh, has got a lot of firepower, and they look pretty good on the weekend. They do. And, you know, as you say, there's a lot to be excited about. Scott Gordon is back at the helm uh, after not getting the, the permanent head coaching position in Philadelphia. He, uh, you know, uh, re took his head coaching position back from Kerry Hoffman at the AHL level. So he's back with this team. Um, and there's a, there is a lot of energy in the room. There really is another one of those guys who um, some thought were really going to, was really going to make a, a case to stick with the big club to start the uh, season was Nick Abekubel. Um, he is back with the Phantoms, but will likely be one of those early call-ups. Uh, and uh, as you said, sp- you know, special teams was looking uh, pretty darn clicking. It was firing on all, on all gears the night that uh, we saw them. And uh, Aubrey Kubel, of course, uh, more on the PK, but the PK was, was really solid as well. Um, and uh, we were able to uh, speak with him after the game, just talking in general about how he feels – uh, special teams for the Phantoms is going and what that means for him going forward for call-ups uh, and sticking up with the Philadelphia Flyers. It seems like I'm more, in, I'm more into PK now uh, this year. I'm going to try and keep the role. And, uh, yep. Were you pretty happy with that unit and, and how you guys performed tonight? Uh, you mean the yeah, like, like special teams in general? Oh, yeah, well, the PK did really well. I don't know if it was because I'm on PK. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, we we did well on PK and uh, power play as well. Yeah. Do you feel like adding the PK to your role is going to help you uh, get yourself in the conversation with Philadelphia as the season progresses? Yeah, exactly. It's pretty hard to have a spot on power play up there. So I'm going to try to focus and have a PK spot. So, you know, there's an example where 
a player has good awareness, good self-awareness, and awareness of the NHL club, but obviously is also getting good communication from, from the organization. He knows when you get to Philadelphia, it's really hard to crack into the power play units. They have, they have really very solid predetermined power play units up there. It's hard to get into that, that group. So instead focusing more on the penalty kill and, and hoping that when he gets called up to Philly, being a, a, a PK specialist will help him get some special teams uh, ice time as well. Uh, also really great to see, you know, Albe Kubel, as I said, was making a good case to stick with the club, got sent down. And here's an example of a player who's obviously not bitter about it, uh, joking with the media after the first game. Like, oh, yeah, the, the PK was pretty good tonight. I, I don't know if it's because I was on the PK tonight. I mean, you know, it was, it was very refreshing to see that kind of jovial, light attitude uh, from someone who could be bitter about being down in the AHL, but obviously is just going to make the best of it. The other uh, player that um, I thought was – you forget with with the the Isaac Radcliffe's and, and the Morgan Frost, you might forget about Matthew Strum, but um, mm-hmm. Matthew Strum had a uh, 79-point season for the uh, Hamilton Bulldogs last year in the OHL. Um, and there he was uh, on the fourth line uh, for the Phantoms. Yeah. Um, but um, – um, Coach Gordon, um, getting him in on the power play, he was rotating in on the on on the power play, and and so there's there's another piece, um, a ni- another nice piece to have a young player uh, that uh, is is there to be developed. And one other guy that we got to talk to after the game, you mentioned Curtis Gabriel, and yes, he was featured on uh, Behind the Glass. Uh, you heard. It was interesting. He was mic'd up during during the game uh, in which he was injured. And so very tense moments as you're watching and you're hearing the player um, behind closed doors after he's gone down, the, been helped down the tunnel and into the, the medical room. Um, but his mic is still hot. His mic is still live. And you can hear the worry and the tension and the, the oh, please don't be serious, that kind of thing. Um and it turns out it uh, was not a serious knee injury, and he is down with the Phantoms now. But uh, we were impressed with uh, his manner as well. Um, was very was very good with the media, uh, has very good personality. But we asked him, uh, you know, what is it that he's looking to bring? Um, you know, he's, this is a, another guy that's had some, some NHL time, and, and what is he looking to bring to this AHL team? And, and this is what Curtis Gabriel said. Yeah, just obviously making everybody feel a little bit bigger. I know there's only, you know, I can only fight 10 times down here or something, but uh, just knowing that I'm out there and um, if, if, even without fighting, if I can lay a big hit uh, to answer, you know, them or um, had a couple tonight just to kind of set the tone and kind of let the boys know that I bring that and, and just being simple and, and being a good teammate, pretty simple. So he wants to be a good teammate, Rick, but he's also counting on his fingers. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to have like a, you know, hash marks on his lock, his dressing room stall of how many fights he's had and how many he has left <laughs> in the AHL this year. He's got some size and six four two hundred, and uh, really um, uh, split the season um, between the NHL and AHL last year, uh, part of the, the New Jersey Devils organization. So um, uh, 20 some odd games with uh, New Jersey, 30 some odd games with Binghamton. So uh, I think he would like to um, uh, 
think that that and and we heard about we heard the uh, the coaching staff talking about how they want some size and physicality in in Philadelphia mm-hmm. that they like the play of of uh, Gabriel. Now they had Chris Stewart uh, as well that that they were trying to find a place for, um, but younger, quicker uh, has a little more uh, in his tool bag. Is is Curtis Gabriel there to be yeah. uh, called up when the Flyers need him? Absolutely. They uh, Scott Gordon also told us after afterwards that they would be announcing their new captain uh, by the end of this week. So look, probably looking at uh, you know maybe Thursday. Uh, either tomorrow or Thursday for that announcement. The Phantoms have their home opener on Saturday night when Providence comes to town. Um, keeping in mind, there will be a new captain this year. Colin McDonald, not re-signed this year. He is he is now uh, out of the organization. He's playing with the Islanders uh, organization down in Bridgeport now. Uh, so there will be a new captain for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. So it'll be interesting to see who gets selected in that ultimate leadership role for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, And we'll be sure to keep you uh, tuned in with all of that. Want to also mention before we head to a quick break, uh, there is a new video uh, up on our YouTube page of all of the interviews from the Lehigh Valley Phantoms game. So uh, Nicholas Albicubel, Curtis Gabriel, who you just heard, as well as Andy Andrioff and goaltender J.F. Berube. Uh, in, in addition to Scott Gordon. And then uh, also today, if you if, go ahead over to the AHL report on Twitter. And uh, we, you know, we talked about how Kale Fleury um, has, has really made a name for himself this year, has made the uh, NHL roster and kind of as a tip of the hat to him, uh, head over to our AHL report Twitter timeline and you'll see uh, a link to the YouTube video from uh, post game of the Rockets last game of the season back in April, we had the opportunity to speak with Kale Fleury and, and just ask him to reflect on his first year pro and what he thought went well and, and what he was hoping to accomplish uh, at over the summer. Probably uh, thinking I'd like to make a shot at uh, cracking the NHL roster, but now he's actually done it. So be sure to check both of those out. Um, and don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL, so don't go anywhere. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to ahl.report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Welcome back to From the Press Box, right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined, of course, by my host, co-host, uh, Rick Stevens. We're so glad you're back with us for a segment two, where we go around the AHL. Of course, let me remind you to check us out on Twitter at the AHL Report. You can always find us there if you want to talk about hockey or if you have any questions. 
Um, so, Rick, I think first and foremost, before we head into any other AHL news, we talked a lot in the last segment about um, the rosters at the AHL level and and talked about something called the veteran rule a lot and how the veteran rule can affect young prospects and how much ice time they get or or contracts that get signed and how many of them end up being uh, that fall under the veteran rule and things of that nature. So um, how about we just take just a, a, a minute or two to just explain for folks who aren't familiar with the veteran rule, which is basically a rule that limits uh, the number of more experienced players that can dress on any particular night in, in any particular game. All right. Um, you've got your, calculators or slide rules or whatever you use you're a backus and and really um the the veteran rule uh the 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 ahl roster is much different than the nhl roster in that there isn't necessarily roster limits um that teams have to adhere to um it, it it the veteran rule doesn't apply to the roster you can carry as many as you like. Uh, right. It applies to the lineup, the the nightly lineup. So um, it, it actually is a calculation that is done by every team, uh, every game they play. Um, mm-hmm. And basically it says that uh, 13 of your 18 skaters, and, and we, we will make the point that, that the veteran rule doesn't apply to goaltenders. Correct. Because we're special. Um, <laughs> take that for you on it. Uh, 18 skaters, 13 must be development players, qualified right. as what, what's, what's considered a development player. What's a development player? Um, uh, so of those 13, 12 uh, must have played in 260 or fewer professional games. What's a professional game? Uh, it's, it's AHL games, it's NHL games, and any of the elite leagues in, in Europe. Those right. are professional games. So those have to total 260 or fewer. Per skater. Per, per skater. Per, for 12 of the 13. Um, and one of them, <laughs> one of them's kind of, <laughs> A, uh, special again, and they must have played in 320 or fewer uh, professional games. So somebody um, who's been around just a little bit longer. Right. So it's, it's and of course that changes. Um, mm-hmm. So a player who's uh, meets the development rule at the beginning of the season may that may their totals may change as the, as the season goes on and they may be put into a different category. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's just something that, uh, becomes, um, a, a juggling match. And, and so when, when, uh, uh, fans, when they look at, a um, uh, an NHL Ross, uh, an NHL lineup, and um, they see the scratches and they say, "Why is this player sitting in the press box? He's better than this player who's in the lineup." 
um, when you get to the AHL, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not so easy because um, everything that that you say might be true. You know that player might be better um, uh, than the one in the lineup, the one in the in in the press box, but you have the veteran rule coming into play where certain number of those uh, have to sit because you can't, you can't over. (laughs) And it's, and listen, it's, it's a good rule. It's a complicated rule, but it's a good rule because the AHL is a development league. That's Um, right. There's no other league like it. The ECHL isn't like it. Um, not in the same way. The NHL isn't like it. The junior leagues or the NCAA, they're not like the, like the no. AHL where um, winning isn't paramount. Uh, developing players uh, for uh, the big club in your organization is the, the prime responsibility of an AHL club. And and that ensures that the majority of your players are younger players who don't have as much professional experience, uh, and and that means they get the ice time that they need to continue to develop their game. Um, and it also prevents, you know, as you say, there's no roster limits and there's no limits on how many veterans you can have on your roster, but it also <laughs> prevents teams from saying, well, we're just going to ice 18 guys that have about 740 games of experience in the NHL. And um, we're just going to wipe the floor all season long with a bunch of, uh, of guys with tons of experience. So um, it is a good rule, um, but it is one that has to be taken into consideration. And, and think about what Rick just said those were a lot of numbers thrown at you all at once. Imagine you have to do that for every lineup for every game, because as Rick said, there could be guys that are, that are, that start the year that are only 20 games away from becoming a veteran status. Um, And so then it changes, it completely changes the dynamic of your roster as, as far as who you can put on the ice every night and who dresses and who doesn't. Um, So thank you for that lesson. It was a good, you know, in the classroom with Rick moment. For, <laughs> um, but it's it's an important role, and it's one that a lot of people tend to get confused about or or don't know a lot about uh, because it is so different from the NHL. Uh, so that's what we're here for. We're here to help explain these things that go on in the AHL that might not be as familiar for fans. So um, when we talk throughout the season about lineups and veterans sitting out and so forth. You'll be able to reference the October 1st podcast to remind yourself of what that means exactly. Right now, Rick, the divisions are set, the conferences are set, the teams are set for the AHL to get the season started this weekend. But it won't be long until things are going to get all switched up again because as we've known for a little while now, the a, the league is not going to stay at 31 teams uh, for too much longer. And it was finally made official this week that uh, the new Seattle NHL franchise that's coming uh, has officially awarded an expansion franchise to their new AHL team, which will be in, drumroll please, 
Palm Springs, California. What a terrible place to have to play hockey. <laughs> it just must be awful, let me tell you. Yes, Palm Springs. Um, so they are hoping uh, that they will be starting uh, in the fall of 2021. So two seasons from now, we will have 32 teams in the AHL. Just like Seattle, um, to match the timing there, uh, we'll, we'll join the NHL. And, and this is something that uh, for regular listeners, I think it was, was it June that we t- first talked about this, that they were, um, they had narrowed the list and they, they had a, 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 a doing exploratory. They were, they were uh, talking to city councils and, and, and so on. And, and so it was, it was nine tenths done by that point, but, but now we have the official word uh, mm-hmm. that uh, uh, Palm Springs uh, and that's, that'll be the sixth team in California um, yeah. for, uh, for the AHL, you uh, Bakersfield, Ontario, uh, Ontario, where the um, uh, all-star game will be this year, San that's Diego, right. uh, San Jose, Stockton. And, and um, you know, we, these are teams that um, we we can't scoff about uh, uh, the the fan interest there because uh, they're among the 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 top teams in terms that we were talking about uh, Laval Rocket having a tough time and and their attendance um, uh, being 14th in the league. The San Diego Gulls for the last two seasons have been the, the have been number one in the AHL in terms of of attendance. So this adds one more uh, with Palm Springs. And, and uh, as I understand, Seattle had looked also looked at um, uh, Boise, Idaho um, as, as a possible destination, but there uh, they, they would be uh, moving into an existing arena that's used for an ECHL team going to Palm Springs. They're building a brand new arena, $250 million for an AHL arena. Um, so yes, uh, that's, um, that's going to be, you know, we've there, there's, uh, uh, Place Bell is, is nice. The PPL center in, in, mm-hmm. uh, in Allentown is terrific. Uh, but there's going to be a showpiece, uh, in Palm Springs spending $250 million on their AHL arena. Whew. I think that's going to be pretty nice in a kind of a nice area. Uh, I can't imagine that they will have difficulty filling seats in that arena. Um, and congratulations to Seattle and to the city of Palm Springs. Uh, we're looking forward to welcoming you to the league in a couple of years. It's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, the AHL also announced today a new partnership, uh, a three-year partnership with Sporfy. Sporfy? Sporfy? I'm not sure. I will admit I don't quite know if that's the correct pronunciation in any case uh, they are the world's leading independent provider of content protection and multi-screen television solutions what does that mean well they've just become the official provider of the AHL's in-game video review system <laughs> so beginning this season uh, this new partnerships instant replay system will allow AHL referees to review video streams instantly from overhead cameras above each goal and make rulings from the scores table 
Um, and they also include 24-7 monitoring of all camera feeds in all 31 AHL arenas. So, um, Rick, you know that we've there's there have been issues with video review uh, at in this league in the past, and hopefully this means this new three-year partnership means that that's going to improve and be a little more consistent. Because it has been very inconsistent. And, yeah, and some, right. not all arenas have it. Sometimes it's not turned on. Sometimes, you know, the the computer's in XP and it's it's yeah. uh, not not working well. So so that's good. That's that's uh, that's great news. And and uh, um, part of of bringing uh, the league up to uh, standard uh, with with uh, the NHL is uh, this and and. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Welcome them as a partner. Absolutely. Can't wait to see the improvement put into place and put into action. Um, one more quick thing that I just want to mention. Um, there's lots of, you know, as final rosters are coming out, we talked about how uh, Suzuki and Flurry are, are making the NHL lineup this year. And that's happening in, in uh, for teams all across the league. Uh, I actually should mention Rick that it's just the Flyers just announced their opening night roster and it does look like Bunneman and Torinsky have made the cut. Uh, wow. Joel Farabee not looks like Joel Farabee is headed for Lehigh Valley as well as Philippe Myers on the defense, which um, he was making a strong case for himself as well. So Farabee and Myers heading down to the AHL, but congratulations to Connor Bunneman and Carson Twarinski. Um, looks like they're going to be part of the opening night lineup this Friday. Um, but so that's happening all over the league. Um, and for the Tampa Bay Lightning, there's a there's a guy who's who's making the cut, uh, Carter Verhage. Where do I know that name from? Carter Verhage, Carter Verhage. He played for the Syracuse Crunch. It was very tough to play against for Laval. And you may remember that he was the AHL's regular season scoring champion last season. 82 points in 76 games. Um, and he tied his teammate Alex Boulay as the AHL goal scoring champion uh, they each had 34 goals in the season. Um, so Verhege has made the opening night roster for Tampa Bay. So congratulations to him. And I and I mention this simply because those are not accomplishments that folks should take lightly. Being the scoring champion, the overall points champion, and the leading goal scorer in the American Hockey League is not something to sniff at. It is a very big accomplishment, um, and and it it's indicative of a player who has a lot of skill and a lot of talent, and they're able to to do it in a, in a very competitive league. Why do I mention this? Two years ago, the scoring champion for the AHL was a guy who was a power play specialist who was on one of the worst teams in the league, the Laval Rocket. And it was Chris Terry. That was a huge, we talked at the time that it was a huge accomplishment for Chris Terry, not just to, 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 to be the, the, the overall points winner, but to do it on a team that was basically next to last in the league. Uh, it was a terrible season for Laval, their inaugural season. And, and for, for Chris Terry to be able to pull that out 
really meant something. Um, and we saw he and, and some other uh, former Montreal Canadiens organization folks were, were put on waivers earlier this week. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't always work out like it does for Carter Varhage, but it doesn't mean that you should take away, uh, you know, he was cut late in camp, uh, it seems. Um, and, and so what happens in the AHL does matter. And it, it is indicative of, of players who have talent that stretches beyond the AHL. And no matter what team it is that they're trying out for in training camp, it, it could just come down to a matter of how stacked the talent is in front of them. Uh, and just because you go down to the AHL doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to get a call up. So just wanted to a congratulate Carter Verhege for, for converting that accomplishment last year into now an NHL roster spot this year. Uh, and just also remind people that two years ago, it was one of Montreal's very own uh, who, who held that honor uh, on a team that struggled mightily with offense. I agree completely. Um, it, it, um, uh, there, there was another guy that, uh, we talked about a fair bit, uh, last year. Um, just cause it's a nice story. Uh, Tucker Pullman, uh, with the Winnipeg Jets organization and, and, mm-hmm. and not one of their, uh, necessarily their, their top prospects, a fifth round pick in 2013, a bit of a late bloomer, uh, played NCAA hockey uh, in North Dakota, and and uh, but just a real uh, character guy, and uh, played with the Manitoba Moose, um, and and was always tough to play against. Uh, certainly when when Laval played him, and um, it, I thought it was interesting. Paul Maurice's um, uh, press conference, I believe it was on Sunday. Um, where he said, um, no, I'm not going to reveal the roster spots, except that, uh, in my mind, Tucker Pullman has earned the right to be in the opening night lineup. And if it was up to wow. me, he would be there. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, I think it has something to do with you. You're the, you're the head coach, but, uh, so, uh, it looks like Tucker Pullman is, um, and, 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 and good for him. He, he was, um, he's a, a, a solid player with the, the Manitoba Moose and uh, just one of those guys that you can't help be, but be um, happy for. Um, and uh, looks like indications are the coach is on your side uh, mm-hmm. that he might be in the opening light, night lineup for uh, Winnipeg. Those are the stories we like to hear about. Uh, it's, it's really rewarding to watch guys, Uh, come up through the ranks and and earn their way onto an NHL roster and uh, opening night around the league uh, for each team is going to be pretty special for, for a large group of young players getting their first, uh, their first look at, at, at the show. Uh, We're going to take one more quick break. Uh, Just one little message here. And when we come back, we'll tell you what you can expect from the rocket sports media crew this week. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. 
Welcome back to From the Press Box, right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And once again, I will remind you to find us on Twitter. We love to hear from our readers and listeners and followers all week long. If you have a question that you want us to answer on the show or just want to talk about, you know, a game or a player or anything like that, hit us up at the AHL Report on Twitter. That's at the AHL report. And hey, Flyers fans, we've got uh, a a Twitter handle just for you. If you head over to at the Flyers report, uh, we'll have all sorts of information on the Flyers and the Phantoms and their prospects uh, over there as well. So don't forget to do that. You can find Rick at All Habs, manning the All Habs Hockey Magazine uh, main account. And you can find me at Flyers Rule. And we would love to hear from you. Uh, in addition to uh, Facebook and Instagram, where you can find us at AHL Report. Um, all sorts of ways, Rick, for people to to get our great content. Of course, don't hesitate to go to the website, AHLReport.com, um, and you'll get nightly game recaps for the Laval Rocket, for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, um, as well as sometimes exclusive uh, videos and, and many times exclusive videos with interviews with players and coaches and so forth. Um, and that's where you'll find this podcast. But Rick, it's not the only place you'll find this this podcast. I hear a little birdie tells me that there's a few, more than a few different ways that you can find this and all of our other podcasts. We're just trying to make it easy for you to uh, to to find us, to uh, access the content uh, we know that, that you love. So yes, continue to go to ahl.report or ahlreport.com. Uh, both work, uh, ahlreport.com um, for this podcast. Uh, but we know uh, that uh, you also like our sister podcasts, uh, uh, this one being from Prospects. There's also the Canadians Connection, the live podcast mm-hmm. every Saturday with myself and Joe Whalen. Uh, Have a listen with Lewis and Gibby and Habs Unfiltered with Matt Blaine and Treg. And um, you can find us on your, your favorite podcast app. But we thought since you really like this umbrella of podcasts, this, this group of podcasts under the, the Rocket Sports Radio name, uh, that we we endeavor over the summer to to f- just build a, a website for you, and we're 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 taking the uh, the wraps off at this uh, this week and unveiling RocketSportsRadio.com. RocketSportsRadio.com. It's it's wow. a bright, shiny, brand new website. RocketSportsRadio.com. And you'll like find nothing things. but podcasts there. Nothing but podcasts. All of the episodes easily accessible uh you'll find canadians connection from the press box have a listen and habs unfiltered all at rocketsportsradio.com wow i like it go check it out bookmark it visit it often um, because as Rick said, we've got four podcasts across the Rocket Sports Radio family, some, and, and they come out at all different times of the week, so it's spread out perfectly for your commute or, or uh, your downtime whenever you choose to listen to your podcast. Uh, and, uh, and we'd love to hear from you about them, too. If there's, you know, when you hear something that you like about the podcast, be sure to let us know on social media. We, we, we love hearing feedback. In fact, um, uh, our, our 
colleague Mike out in Ontario, uh, one of our one of our contest winners from this past uh, season, had some really nice feedback on Twitter uh, a week or so ago from listening to to last week's podcast. Um, said that he was, you know, really appreciated uh, some of the Habs training camp uh, information we had, and and that even though he's not a Flyers fan, he actually. Uh, really enjoyed learning some things that he wouldn't have heard elsewhere, uh, like about Joel Farabee. So we love to hear that kind of stuff. Uh, don't uh, don't be shy. Uh, reach out. We always we always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Of course, regular season does kick off this weekend. As I said uh, back in the first segment, the Lavelle Rocket will be at home this weekend. They're hosting the Cleveland Monsters on Friday night at 7:30, and then Saturday afternoon at three o'clock. And then the Lehigh Valley Phantoms have one game this weekend at home against the Providence Bruins. So you can expect full coverage. Uh, Chris G will be live at Place Bell for both of the Laval home games. And we'll have full coverage of the uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms home opener as well. You can expect a game recap for that um, and uh, lots more. So it's, a, it's, here, it's finally here, Rick. Hockey is about to start. For real. For real. Really excited. Seriously. Real, yeah. real. <laughs> For really real. <laughs> and so, I tip of the, if I should have, we should have had beverages. I raise my glass. Here's to a fabulous 2019-20 hockey season, which is about to kick off to you, the rest of our Rocket Sports Media crew, and to all of our listeners out there. Hockey is the best sport on the planet. We all know that. And it's the best time of the year. So enjoy opening weekend. And we'll see you right back here again next Tuesday for another episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Until then, have fun this weekend. Enjoy that hockey. And keep on wishing. Remember